the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. This is the Ramsey Show, where we help you win financially, professionally, and relationally. I'm Ken Coleman. George Camel is my colleague, and he joins me this hour as we answer your questions. It's a free call, 888-825-5225. George will answer your money questions. I'll chime in. And I'm here to answer any questions around your world at work. You feel stuck, burned out, uh, dealing with toxicity, want to pivot, want to start a side hustle, you want to get promoted to make more money. I'm your big shovel guy. All right. That's what I do over on the Ken Coleman show, helping people win in their work. And so I want to bring some of that to the show today. George and I genuinely like uh, hanging out together. We sit about uh, six feet away from each other. If that. If that. I usually butt up a little closer. Yeah. 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 Well, you're just, just trying to, to you. try to get a little bit of wisdom, a little, little wisdom. Uh, but anyway, we're having fun today, and uh, we want to have fun while helping you. So let's go. Jared is up in Orlando, Florida. Jared, you're on. Uh, excuse me. How can I help? I almost said. You see and what Coleman I did show? there? Almost. Wow. I stopped it. Old a long habits time. die hard. Yeah, you do it every day. How can we help, Jared? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, so I have a car problem. Uh, so I was in the military several years ago. I went through a, about a two-year period where I went through five cars um, and racked up a ton of negative equity. Wow. What um, happened? I uh, was, uh, you know, 21 years old and really didn't know what I was doing. I uh, bought a car that was about three times what my salary was with a, a co-signer at one point. It just kind of spiraled out of control. Mm. Um how old are so you now? I, uh, now I'm not in that situation, but um, I'm moving to New York, so I no longer need a car. Um, up till a couple months ago, I was about $25,000 underwater on my uh, car, or car loan. Uh, now I'm about $15,000. Um, it's the only debt I have, but I'm not really sure what to do since I have to move in a month and I can't bring the car with me. Uh, the car was worth about 30000 uh, as of about two months ago, but I Kelly blue booked it a few days ago and I noticed a drop another 3000. So now I'm wondering, uh, in this kind of short uh, period of time, I have to deal with this. Do I either leave it at my parents' house and just keep making payments on it and throwing more money at it than just a payment to get rid of it as fast as possible? Or do I take out a loan to cover the negative equity and then just pay off the loan as fast as possible? Uh, my income right now is about a hundred thousand net, and that's going to be going up to about one hundred seventy-five thousand net uh, with salary, and then with bonus, it's going to we're probably household going to be clearing about two hundred seventy thousand a year. So it's wow. going to be a short-term issue uh, in the over the next few months. But I don't have fifteen thousand to throw at it right now. I just have the. the How much do you fund. have? Uh, an emergency fund, or just like how much? Just I general cash, liquid cash. It's just just a thousand. I've been paying off student loans and everything, and that's all gone. This is now the last problem. This is your last final debt. Yeah. Okay. So, what is the car worth, and what do you owe? The car is worth what Kelly Bluebook says is about twenty-seven, and I owe about forty-three thousand on it. Ouch. Okay. And it was, like I said, it was worse than that. I I threw about 10 at it uh, over the past couple months, but uh, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. So you're about 15 or 16,000 underwater. Yeah. I mean, your best bet may be, and this is for America's sake, the only time we would ever tell you to get a loan is when you are upside down on a car and you can go to your 
credit union and get a loan amount for that amount and pay it off as fast as possible. And it's nice that you don't need a car because you don't have to turn around and go buy another one. Yeah. So that's a, a strange are, blessing in the situation. Do you guys think that it's worth doing that? If I, because my income, like I said, is going to be going up to where I think what it's looking like, how I've calculated out, it would take me about two to two and a half months to pay off the loan that it's where it's at right now. But I mean, uh, I don't think the interest rate is so much an issue. I mean, it's, it's a really bad interest rate. It's 8%, but in two months, but I don't you're think not going to keep this car. And so there's no real, no, no need to go down that path. I'd rather you be 16,000 okay. in debt than 43,000 in debt. If we can do that by the end of the week. And then you knock out that okay. debt in a, what a month or two with your income. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. About, 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 about two months probably uh, to knock out a $14,000 loan. So that would be my plan. You know how much you owe. We're going to put this upside down car up for sale. We're going to try to get top dollar for it. I'm going to be, you know, listing it private on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and Auto Trader. I'm going to get in touch with Carvana and Vroom and dealerships and see who will give me top dollar for it so I have the least amount of loan to take out. Then we're going to cover that upside down amount with a loan from your credit union or wherever. Then we're going to, we don't need another car. So that's a blessing you don't have to deal with. And that will get you out of this thing in another month or two instead of months down the road. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I think that was the way I was leaning. So I'll do that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you, Jared. That, that's what we call a stupid tax, Ken. And, uh, yeah. you know, he, he made his mistakes in early on and now this guy's, he's crushing it. He's cleaning up his mess. Yeah. Proud of him. Yeah. I think that's the uh, takeaway for people that are uh, new to the show and listening and watching, hearing this story. Uh, he owned it. He's not defined by it. He's digging his way out of it. Yeah. And, and a lot of people yeah. carry this shame and yeah. guilt and they don't know what to do, and they get frozen. Uh, but the truth is, we just put all that baggage down, and we take the right next step for the future. Yeah. And go, all right, I made the mistake. I'll never make it again. Let's move forward and build wealth. Yeah, and I think that's the right mindset, as opposed to, you know, well, I'm never going to get out of this. and Well, I'm just going to have to drag it around. It, it's fascinating. I was thinking the other day, well, I wanted to ask you this, um, and I forgot to ask you this. What is the average, uh, do you have an idea what the average car payment Americans are driving around with? I know I, years ago it was about $400. It's up, it's up closer to 600 now. Is that right? That's yes. the average car payment. And the loan terms are becoming longer and longer. Like 72 months, I see? Yes. And even they'll go longer now. I mean, they'll go as long as you want, Ken. They'll just go, hey, you yeah, want to pay this up in 10 right. years? Great. They don't care because the depreciation is your problem. Yep. They're going to get paid. And they're making interest for a longer period of time. So they're happy about it. Wow. So don't do it, guys. Yeah. What's the going interest rate on a uh, car loan? Oh, these days? boy. That's a know? great question. I don't know. It's not pretty. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So, so that's, I asked that question because, you know, it, it's, People just assume. I'm seeing uh, about three, uh, but almost four percent. Four percent for okay. new cars. I, there is still the mindset in America, George. It's not gone anywhere. No. That like, hey, you got to have a car payment. Yeah. You know, six hundred dollars a month. It's brutal, and these the interest rate can go up. You know, as far as twenty percent on car loans, depending on your credit and what you're coming to the table with, and your down payment and all that. And so uh, the the truth is. Most people doing that are buying cars way beyond their means, way beyond their income. Oh, of course. Because they can afford the payment. And yeah. so we say, stop asking that question. Start asking, can I afford it in full, mm. in cash, instead of can I afford the monthly payment? Because that's how broke people talk. And we want you to be wealthy. We want you to be financially free, have peace in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you save up and you pay cash for a reasonable car, it changes everything. Yeah. Like a uh, 2013 used Tesla. 
That's right. That's what you did. Exactly. I got no one to impress, and yet Ken's impressed. It's a good-looking car. Thank you, Ken. I'm not kidding. I it's appreciate fantastic. that. Uh, I'll take you for a ride after the show. Yeah. Let's do that. I want to do the thing where you hit the button, and it goes really fast. I don't know if like I have a, that feature. Oh. I don't know if it's that fancy. I'll have to look into that. All right. I'd like to try that. All right. Don't go anywhere. George and I aren't, and we're going to be back in just moments to take more calls. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone, and they even have low-cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me, and we are here to answer your phone calls. 888-825-5225, 888-825-5225. Adam is on the line in Pasadena, California. Adam, how can we help? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so I'll jump right into it. I've been working for a general con- contractor for almost the past 11 years, Um and I have two job opportunities ahead of me. Um, one is with the city of Los Angeles, which pays me more and uh, has benefits and all that stuff. Or there's another job with the uh, Caltech University in Pasadena, which is a couple blocks away from my house. It also pays more, but it's kind of in the middle ground. So, What do you mean by middle ground? I, sorry. Um, a little nervous, guys. Apologize. That's okay. You're doing no, no. You're uh, doing great. I just didn't know when we compare the the L.A. job, you said the city of L.A. More. and Caltech. You said both pay more, but then you said Caltech is more middle ground. I just I didn't know what you meant. You got it. Um, so right now, after taxes, uh, I think I took home about forty six thousand. Uh, the city of Los Angeles job as a carpenter starts at ninety thousand a year before taxes, with a pension and benefits. Um, and then Caltech is uh, seventy-two eight a year before taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a pension; they have more of uh, like a four hundred one k, and that uh, after three years, you're in full control of your money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of choose where they put it or how much you want to put in, and they also have benefits. Are you so, doing uh, carpentry uh, for both? Yes, yes, I'd be working for the city of Los Angeles. I would be doing. Street services, which is far more brutal than what I do now. Now I'm a, uh, I'm more of a woodworker. I do custom cabinetry, woodworking, furniture, 
things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, at Caltech, I would be kind of doing the same thing I'm doing now, but more in a, uh, a school setting. So that'd be building dorms or mm-hmm. lab tables, How old are repairs, you? maintenance, things like that. I'm 37, and I just had a my first son, and he's four months old. Awesome. Congratulations. My, so, so the reason I asked that, much. the reason I asked that, Adam, is what's your long-term play? What's the top of the professional mountain for you as you sit here today? You don't have to hold yourself to this answer, but what what's that look like for you? Because you're a young man, so when you're 50 or 45, where do you want to be professionally? You know, I just want to be uh, secure. And I know that sounds like a, a fear thing. Uh, but, uh, I stayed with the current contractor that I'm with under the pretense that he was going to mentor me and I was going to take over his shop when he retired. That was kind of the carrot in front of the, is that what you wanted is to run your own shop. It was what I originally wanted, but now what do you want now? And don't, and I know you want to be stable. So I'm going to push back. Everybody wants to be financially stable. I'm asking you, Assume financial stability. What what kind of work would you love to be doing over the next five, ten years as you kind of finish out your professional journey? What's the top of the professional mountain for you? I, I mean, it would be great to run my own company, although that's a big hurdle, and I've seen a lot of failures throughout here. Okay, no, 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 my, no, no, I, no, no. I love, what I, I love what I do. I love doing woodwork. Yeah, that's my point. And so here's the deal. It's a craft. Right. So you love the craft that you're doing now. And so, sure, you'd love to own your own business. Forget about the fears and the hurdles. If everything were ideal, you'd eventually like to work for yourself in the space you're in. Correct? Sure. Okay. All I'm trying to do is help you go, all right, because we need to know this when we make decisions like this. The reason I walked you through that quick exercise is, is because on paper, the city of L.A. seems to make more sense. On paper, if we just look at, well... It's, it's 90000 versus, I'm rounding up, seventy three, But I don't want you looking at yeah. it that way. I want you going, okay, long term, what do I want to do? And for right now, we're not holding you to this, but for right now, it's I want to stay in the craft that I'm in. I'm a craftsman. I work with my hands. And, and so I want to mm-hmm. be doing that kind of work and maybe work for myself, but I want to keep moving up. So the question becomes, will Caltech give you a better ladder or will the, working for the city of L.A. give you a better ladder? And I'm, I'm removing finances right now. I'm saying, what would give you the best opportunity to continue to advance? I would, I would say the city of Los Angeles has more opportunity because it's broader, whereas Caltech is a school that is affiliated with JPL. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice, but there's not as much room to grow. A lot of people love their job there, and from the research I've done, tend to stay there for a long time. So it's hard to get, say, the boss's job or a promotion right. if someone already is holding that position, whereas the city of Los Angeles has several different departments. So you can bounce around. You're still a carpenter, but maybe you're working, you know, street services, or you might be working general services. You can go to Parks and Rec. You can work at LAX. Exactly. And and because of all of that you just named, think about all the connections you're making, which could lead to some tremendous private sector opportunities. You're going to be meeting a lot of people, right? Sure. So I like the city and of I like LA. You brought that up. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. The one last thing I was going to say is I live two blocks away from Caltech, and uh, it there would be zero commute, uh, zero wear and tear on my car, zero gas, zero time wealth lost driving my truck. Um, 
to and from work every day. I mean, you know, we're looking at a couple hours every day, uh, you know, to and from work at, with the city of Los Angeles. Uh, so I always take all those things into account. But um, the other thing I wanted to just lastly ask is, um, you know, I, I've been with this guy for 11 years and he hasn't done anything to kind of lift me up. There's no more ladder for me to climb mm-hmm. and that's why I'm leaving, but it's, it's not without a, a heavy heart. So sure. I just wanted to make sure you guys or, or maybe get your opinion that I was on the right path, I guess. Yeah, I you know. are. And, and, and you, you have no opportunity to grow. So you shouldn't feel guilty about pursuing growth. You're yeah. a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Could you move closer to work, Adam, if you took the city of L.A. job? Um, to be honest, I probably could, but it varies so often that which department they might send you to, you it would be kind of a... Uh, You're going all over. I don't... I, yeah, yeah, I'd be going all over. And I've lived in the same uh, rental for the last, like, 10 years because I'm really good with the landlord because I do all the repairs myself, and he hasn't raised my rent. So I um, like that. I would love to... I it's like a good I trade off. Do all the baby steps. I mean, I'm not in debt, uh, but I don't have anything else kind of handled other than about five grand put away. Well, you're about um, ready to get but, a big you know, race. I, Listen, Adam. Here's the deal. Yeah. I don't like the commute. The commute sucks. There's no way around it. But that's L.A. <laughs> so sure. I mean, yeah. that's part of the deal. Uh, you know, moving around isn't really an option because because of the city of L.A. Is so vast, and you might be doing projects. I would take the I would take the L.A. job primarily because of the rays and the connections because i don't think you're gonna have to stay with the city of la very long if you have your head up and you're making connections you're talking to people on the job uh that would be my goal yeah and if a year or two from now the commute's killing you and it's not what you thought it was you can leave yeah i just think you are stacking connections big time uh over the next year two years so yeah i would take the la city job the caltech job it's just gonna, it's gonna force your hand down the road anyway, because you're not gonna have any growth. Sure. And you've been you've been with a guy for a long time where there's no ladder, and you know how that feels. Why would you go from one ladderless place to another ladderless place? Well, that's hard to say, George. Ladderless place. Yeah. yeah. But this is a good point, Ken. If you're a leader out there and you're not giving your team members opportunities for growth and talking about what that looks like, they're going to leave. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing right now is people want growth. We're designed for growth. And if we're not advancing, now we're not talking about getting a raise every 10 minutes. I'm talking about is there room for me to grow in this company long term? That's correct. And if you don't have that as a leader, they're going to go find another leader who cares enough to help them grow. George, you're all over it. Uh, In fact, the data backs up your opinion. Uh, saw That's an rare. Art, saw an article this week, a new study out. The number one reason people left their jobs over the last six months, they did not feel that they had professional advancement opportunities. And that's not always about money. No, it's actually not money because the third factor was income. They actually want a chance to grow and do more. We are creatures of progress, leaders. You better want to make be sure you're answering that question for people. So they don't want a better job. They want a better life, George. There it is. I want to drop, drop. drop my pencil on that one. Pencil drop. Don't move. More Ramsey Show coming up.
The Ramsey Show continues from our Ramsey Solutions Worldwide Headquarters. George Camel is with me. I'm Ken Coleman. We're so excited that you are with us. 888-825-5225 is the phone number to jump in. We'll talk about your work situations. You want to make more money, get out of a toxic situation, figure out what that business idea is. We'll talk about your work and more money, that bigger shovel. And then George is here to answer your money questions. But first, we want you to find out for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You get free samples, free shipping. And with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more if you use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question, George, comes from Alex in Chattanooga. I'm $52,000 in debt and am engaged to be married. I earn $40,000 a year working at a warehouse and am studying to become a software engineer, which could potentially earn me an entry-level position starting at $80,000. The software course I'm taking says it should take six months to complete. My question is, should I put extra free time hours I have into studying so I can become an engineer as fast as possible and double my income in six months? Or... Should I focus on the job I have now, put those extra hours of free time towards working overtime to save $10,000 in a year for our our wedding and then get back to baby step two after the wedding? This is a true combo question, George. Wow. What do you think there? What, what What's your your money advice here? Well, I like the fact that six months from now, he could be doubling his income. I like that a lot. Because that means an extra 40K versus an extra 10K of working overtime. But truthfully, the priority right now is we got to make sure we can cash flow this wedding, get through that completely debt-free. Then we're going to have combined income. Hopefully, his spouse is going to be working so we can really tackle this debt. No. Because right now, making 40, trying to tackle 52, you're not going to make a ton of progress. No. I'm with you. But I'm going to challenge you. A little both and. I'm going with what George says. Absolutely focus on the overtime, doing whatever you got to do to cash flow the wedding, obviously. But I also think, you know what? This is the time to lose a little bit of sleep. So I'm Stay up late, finish this course. Getting up early when I'm not overtime. Uh, I'm, I'm working to get this course done as well. I'd like to cash flow the wedding and have a great job before I'm married. Yeah, and uh, figure I out like the, the financial aspect of the wedding. What is it going to cost? How can we shave that cost down? Who's yeah. paying for it? That's if right. it's just on him and the and the spouse, yeah. that's a different situation versus family chipping in. So have those conversations to figure out what that number is you've got to hit by the wedding date to pay all the vendors and get married. So I'd borrow a little gazelle intensity from our baby steps, and I'd put it towards Apply studying, here. hustling, yeah, overtime. Look, you're getting ready to get married. So, you know, she's planning the wedding. She wants you out of her hair anyway. That's true. I was no help. I don't uh, know about me you. either. Oh. I, you know, but I, I, also, I also told Stacy, look, babe, I'll go for the registry of the, what it was at the, I guess I just said that's what it is. You register for all these gifts. Yeah. She wanted me there for that. So I was like, okay. You scan the cake stand that you'll never use. 100%. And, uh, you know, I did that. Did, you know, but other than that, you know, there are a couple key questions you wanted my opinion on. Other than that, I stayed out of it. You didn't choose the flowers? No. Oh, no. sad. The key there is to start your marriage off on the right foot, a little relationship advice before we get into the calls. Whatever she says she wants or she asks you, hey, what do you think of these flowers? Always start with asking another question. What do you think about them? Oh, that's a life hack. Because you want to know, is she meh? You want to be on the right side of history. Or is she really, yes, is she really excited about them? So it's always good to go, huh, what do you think? Because now you look interested. 
and you look engaged, what we're really doing is just trying to figure out which way we're going. Because mm. if she's meh, then you go, eh. Smart man. If she's like, I really like him, you got to go, I, I love him. How many years you been married? 24. There you go. Oh, I've not done Proof's it Proof's right. in the pudding. Yeah, well. Hey, I made that mistake recently. She bought a new chandelier for the bedroom. Wasn't, wasn't thinking, George. Came in, she hit, caught me off guard. I, I wasn't chandelier. I wasn't prepared. She goes, what do you think? And I was like, eh, it's fine. Oh, no. No, no, no. Last the answer, words. The answer needs to be, I don't like it. I love it. Like, you scared. You had. You had see me what in the I'm first doing half. there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't do that, George. I got to come old, over and see the new chandelier. Yeah. Sure. Bet it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm going to tell Stacy. I I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Brittany is up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Brittany, how can we help? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I sold my house and I'm now living with my boyfriend. I walked away from closing this week with about $130,000 in cash. Whoa! Um, How does that feel? (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have followed all of the baby steps, so now I'm completely debt-free. And my question for you guys is, what's the best way for me to invest this money? And most of it, I'd like to invest short-term to have for a down payment on a house in the future or a wedding or both. Yeah. So what's the time horizon here? Are we talking two years, five years? I would think somewhere in that window of two to five years. So I don't know how strict how strict those timelines need to be. Um, well, it, it depends on your risk tolerance and when you might need the money. Because the, the fear is a year and a half from now, you go, man, I really need the money. And the market's down and now you're selling at a loss. And right. Brit- Brittany, here's a question I have. All right, George is going to help you out on this. But but I got to know, I mean, if your boyfriend's on the phone with this right now, is he thinking two to five years as well? Because this money's your money. It's not right. It's not our money, even though you're you're uh, shacking up with him. It's not his money. And I'm just wondering, I, I, I'm i playing the older brother uh, role here, George. I'm a little nervous about I was going to say old man, but I like older brother. <laughs> well, either it's one works. Kind. I'll well, receive it. Brittany, seriously, though, how serious is this relationship? Um, well, we're 30, and we've been dating for almost three years, so I I would say it's pretty serious. Um, but my dad is listening, I'm sure, and he would appreciate that comment. Um, hey, Dad, it is definitely I my got money. your back, Dad. <laughs> I'm asking the tough yeah. questions today. I, no, I'm being serious here. Three years you've been yeah. together, and you think it's going to take two more years for this guy to put a ring on it? I don't think it'll take two years for an engagement, but I'd like to be able to plan a nice wedding and, and everything like that. Right. Um, the point I'm making is... And I don't is, think I need $130,000 for no, a wedding either. You do not. So. You do not. My point <laughs> is, this is your money until the day yeah. you get married. You hear me? That's what I want you to know. I think your yeah. dad wants me to tell you that. Absolutely. He would appreciate that. And my boyfriend is debt-free besides his mortgage. So oh, I good. feel like we're in a really good place. Okay. All right. Okay. Now I feel like I can get out of the way, George. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ken. That I'm beautiful. trying to help out Brittany and Brittany's dad. And try as I you might. It. Yeah. So, Brittany, do you, uh, do you have a fully funded emergency fund? I do. And there's no other current financial needs, upgrades, repairs, car upgrades that are in your near future? 
I don't think so. I thought about maybe upgrading my car, but there's nothing wrong with it. So oh, okay. Well, let's leave that alone for now. So if that's the case, yeah. it, if I'm in your shoes, I'm probably going to invest in an S&P index fund or some mutual funds, and you can connect with a SmartVestor Pro on our website who can help you navigate all that. Because that 130000 you could see it grow at 9 10 11%, 12% over the next you know three to five years if you play your cards right which could really help with this down payment. You might be able to put, you know, 50% down and pay off this house really fast in your 30s. How cool yeah, would that, that be? that would be awesome. I love that. So yeah. go get connected with one. Uh, you can interview a few of them and, and choose your favorite that you have the best personal chemistry with that you trust the most to help navigate what to do with this 130 grand to help it maximize and grow over the next few years. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, and I got to know, what's the what's the guy's name? His name's Mike. Mike needs to commit. Mike needs to go shopping for a <laughs> ring. Come on, Brittany. If he asked you today, would you say yes? Yes. Man, I'm telling we you. We should do an engagement on air sometime, Ken. That would be fun. You need to send this clip. Mike, if you're listening, call in. Yes. We'll have Brittany on the other line. Yeah, we'll officiate the whole question asking. I'm, I'm sure, just, I'm sure Ken got one of those. he got one of those online licenses. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, she's ready. She's sharp. She's got things going on. He's at, what, what, what are we waiting on? The man? pressure is on, Mike. I got to tell you, I'd show him this clip because, Mike, I think it's time for you, pal, to draw a line in the sand and tell <laughs> Brittany you want her to be your wife. What are you waiting on, man? Jeez, George. This is fun. These guys. We're having a good time. I don't know what I'm doing. Ken's half joking, but, Mike, seriously, call us. I know you're listening. If you're debt-free and you're a Ramsey fan. I'm not joking. Let's get Mike on. Get him to call in. I'll tell him how to do a great setup. To pop the question, we got to make sure Brittany's not listening. That's true. You see what I mean? All right, folks. More of The Ramsey Show coming up. Ramsey Show continues from our Ramsey Solutions Worldwide Headquarters just south of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Ken Coleman. George Camel is with me. Our scripture of today uh, comes from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Our quote of the day from Francis Chan. Our greatest fear should not be of failure but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. George, this uh, maybe you should start to question your guitar hobby. Wow. That was a personal attack was on it? a Friday, Ken. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> no, you're wildly talented, actually. You got George. no skills on the sixth string. I think it's jealousy. Oh, 100%. But I got no skills on the golf course. I would so. love to be able to play the guitar like you do. Thank you. Uh, George is very, very uh, talented, folks. Thanks don't for the plug. forget it. Uh, all right, Cody's up next in Orlando, Florida. Cody, how can we help? Hi, Ken and George. Thanks thanks for um, answering my call. Sorry, first call. You um, bet. I'm a little nervous. Oh, you're doing great. Um, We're going to be so nice to you, and you're going to get great answers. Don't promise that, Ken. I don't know how I feel about this yet. All right, I'm trying to make her feel good. Okay, thanks. Um, I just had a quick question. So my husband and I finally started the baby steps. Um, full commitment or trying our best um, and Great. we're still in um, baby step one 
Um, we only have about $370 saved so far. Um, we just started this month. Um, but well, we started last month, but our car, uh, my car had some pretty bad maintenance that needed to be worked on and it's still in the shop. Um, and it's a lot more than what we have in emergency funds. So I'm asking if we should take some money or really it would be all of it, um, out of our retirement to cover that cost. I know that's wild, but I'm going back and forth just because it seems like the only other option besides selling the car, I guess, um, is taking out a credit card without interest for the first 60 days. So we try our best, work really hard to pay it off within that time to have no interest and then just cut up the card. But I don't want to do that still, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, Cody, the short answer is no. The, the shorter answer is no. And these are both bad options. And I, I think you backed yeah. yourself into a corner where you go, well, my options are uh, rob my retirement or uh, put it all on a credit card. And the truth is you've right. got more options than that. So how much is this repair going to cost? Um, right now, well, the estimate a couple of days ago was about $2,252. Um, but they since recently found out that it was worse than they thought when they finally put the car back together, they said. Um, so it might be about 100 or 200 more. Um, I'm still trying to get a hold of um, the agent to get the um, answer on the total, but it's still in the shop, so what's um, the, they're what's not the, quite sure when they can Is this do. an engine problem? What's going on? No, yeah, so um, I think this is partially my fault, unfortunately. Um, I, I think I, they estimate that I was driving with the emergency brake on without oh. realizing and that really messed up the brakes, the rear brakes and the calipers and everything, um, the calipers. So, But even replacing um, brakes and calipers is not $2,500. Yeah, that's why I was going to go in and ask um, why it's a little bit more than I thought because he did break down everything in terms of um, each what? individual cost. Did you go Some to a... It, like transmission. Did I'm you sorry. go to a... No, yeah. it's okay. I'm sorry. Did you go to a dealer? Yes, but I went thinking I was only getting a wheel alignment. Yeah, of course. And I would be... Okay. Don't take it to a dealer. Right. Cody, 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 Cody. What kind of car is it? I didn't know. That's okay. It's a Honda Civic. Okay. Do not take it to the Honda dealer. Okay. So I want you to go get, this is just like a doctor. You're going to go get a second, maybe a third opinion. I want you to talk to everybody you know. I mean, everybody you know. I'm talking Facebook, social media, anything, everybody you know at church, civic clubs, everybody you know, go, hey, I need a reliable, honest mechanic. Who do you go to? And let's get one or two options. Take the car in. If you've got to have it towed, you've got the money. It's a small amount of money, but you've got to give that car over to an honest mechanic. Do not tell them what the dealer charged you. Just say, hey. I need this looked at. I need this looked at. And, and let's get some other options because I you go to a dealer and, and God bless dealers, but you go in for yeah. a windshield wiper fixed and they come back with $900 of things you got to have done. It's total garbage. So don't... That's where they make the most of their money. Yeah, don't Cody. give them $2,200. Yeah. Get a second or a third opinion. All right, now, George. Now, when you do that, um, you said you have a spouse? Yes, and also I already it's already in the shop, so they've already been working on it and did most of the work already. Oh no! So that's where I kind of was like, yeah. I so can't you authorized this for them to do all of this work for twenty five hundred dollars? You signed off? Yes, and then I okay. regretted it, and that's why I'm calling. I'm sorry. Well, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, yeah. I would have saved us seventeen minutes. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> so you're you're on the hook for this. Call it a stupid tax. We got to move forward. We got to pay for this. Yeah. I'm going to get yeah. in touch with them and say, listen, I can't pay for this in full. Uh, can I get on a plan to pay this off as quickly as possible yep. and see what they okay. say if they're willing to work with you? Um, I hope they yeah. are. And on top of that, we're not pulling from retirement and we're not going to credit card debt. Okay. What we are going to do okay. is we might lose sleep doing side jobs here mm-hmm. and selling every single yeah. thing that we own that yep. is not tied down to the house. We're listing it on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. And we're, we're asking people around our community what we can do to pick up some extra jobs. And we're going to cash flow this thing, which means we're pausing the baby steps temporarily to cover this okay. emergency. Okay. So how so quickly could you save I, up $2,000? Well, um... My hope is, well, okay, I shouldn't say hope, but um, when I worked out the plan, it we should be able to pay it off um, by next month, like at the latest. Right. Um, obviously, we're going to try to work really hard to pay it off this month specifically. Um, we do have that 400 in emergency to put something toward it, um, but that's, yeah, that's all we have right now. Well, get, just be honest with them and say, listen, I can put 10% down on this uh payment for this car repair that's all i have right now and this is a good faith payment i'm making and the rest is going to be here on this date and here's what this looks like and they may not release the car until it's paid in full and so you're gonna have to figure out an arrangement to get around until then but onward upward you're gonna get through this cody you guys are on your way proud of you thank you so much for the call james is up in wichita falls texas james how can we help how are you guys doing? Uh, we're having a blast. We got about two minutes or so, so we're going to try to help you out. What's the question? So I am wanting to know whether or not I should save up for my wedding, pay off my remaining debt, or just cash flow the rest of my school. Whoa! Can we can we do all of this and not go further into debt? That's the question. And if that means pausing on the debt snowball, I'm okay with that. Can yes, you cash flow college and cash flow the wedding? So the wedding is being paid for by her family. Nice. So why are you saying you have to focus on the wedding? Well, it's more so my marriage rather than the wedding. What's there to focus on? Just trying to figure out whether or not I should save up more because I only have about four grand saved up. I don't know if that's going to be enough to cover us. To cover what? Just cover the marriage. (laughs) <laughs> marriage doesn't have I don't a, even know what that means. There's no built-in cost to being married. Is she going to work? Yes. All right, she's then. She's an emergency room nurse. All right, well, then she's fine. She's covering herself. Well, I don't even know what you mean by cover the marriage. You there's nothing to cover here other than, you know, are there going to be some moving expenses? Where are you guys going to live? We're going to live in Dallas. In an apartment? Yes. Okay. So we do need to make sure we've got moving expenses covered uh, after the wedding. Which is probably going to be in the ballpark of a thousand bucks, maybe. About fifteen hundred. Okay, so fifteen hundred's for that. So we're good there. We the need to focus taken on, care on cash flowing college. How yeah. much further do you have to get to graduate? I will be done in May. Nice. And do you have the money currently, or have you already I paid? Do. I yeah. do. All right. So once that's the final bill is paid, then we can go after attacking this debt. And if the wedding's paid for, then we're good. So as soon as you've got those two things buttoned up, let's start attacking this debt and cleaning as much as we can up before we get married. Okay. That's the game plan. There it is, James. I love that. Boy, that's the first time I've heard that one before. I didn't know there was a built-in cost I, to marriage. How much do I need to cover the it's marriage? It's like a dowry. Like you just give Stacy <laughs> upon the wedding day, here's $5,000. Oh, man. That's fantastic. And a sheep. Yeah. 
That's a tradition in many countries That's still. Right. You got to come with cattle. I don't know how that works. Got to have a cattle offering. I did have a camel at my wedding, so maybe that was the, that was part of it. Yeah, well, that was a great prop. George Campbell, Thank always you. fun to be with you, pal. You Thanks to Kelly and the crew behind the glass for all they do to make the show so great. Thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.